Hey, listen, Fallon, I usually work alone. I didn't realize there'd be other operatives, investigators on this case. I'm not going to mince words. There has been an incident. One of our history professors, Charles Leiter, passed away very suddenly. Precisely how was he killed? Or how did he die? Uh, the man had a heart attack. Don't you read the papers? Well, uh, hey, you. Uh, Duckworth, what's this with the what's this with the mask? I could remove it if you'd prefer, but I warn you, I am missing the greater part of my face. There are some papers, the Arkham Witch Trial papers. Your description of um, Dr. Roach, you were concerned that he may have some interests that make him biased in some way. The papers are missing. Roach was uh, after Lyda's job. He thought he should have been the head of the department and not Lighty. I tell you, the, the guy never shut up about it. I think we got a lot of questions from his court. I know they're just all upset. This perhaps sudden death? It was a shock, yes. You, 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 you found the doctor, didn't you, um, miss? Yes, I did. I haven't really had chance to um, think about it much, and it was, um, it was unpleasant. A broken mirror, that's uh, bad luck. The double is a fascinating thing, is it not? Doppelganger. And as you stare into it, stare into yourself, perhaps, there is a face, and the face has no eyes, and you recognise it, probably, as Dr Leiter. And then he takes a step forwards, and maybe that's when you turn, and indeed, there is no one there. The Apocalypse Players present Crimson Letters A Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition Scenario by Alan Bly Starring Joseph Chance as Dr Jonas Steinweg Dannon McAleer as Professor Duckworth Dan Wheeler as Kirk Sleep, P.I. With our special guests, Doug McAndrew as Dr. Althea Montrose and Mike Percival Maxwell as P.J. Mahoney. The keeper of arcane law is Dominic Allen. Chapter 2. The Hurley Burley. I think, I think involuntarily I say, Geist? Is it Dein Geist? Uh, in C, you say? Ye- yes, yes, look, look, uh, here. Dr. Montrose, stay where you are. Uh, do you feel anything strange? <laughs> Perhaps the back of your neck, is uh, the hairs are rising? Or... I, 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 I dare say I do not, no. Nothing, you feel nothing unusual about this moment in terms of synchronicity, in terms of... The, the nature of random acts suddenly becoming very well, potent with the meaning of something that is beyond now. Unusual that are files in this cabinet which I would expect to be here which are not. But beyond that, <laughs> Doctor, I, I really not, I'm really not sure what you're driving at. No, perhaps. Can you give me a, a sanity roll? I think, I think... I'm waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, and remarkably, I passed it. <laughs> I mean... Oh, good. Yeah, he's got quite a good... Um, I think you still lose one point. Yeah. Unfortunately. Seems reasonable. Yes. So, I mean, his experience after falling off the horse, Dom, mm. uh, did not involve, um, I mean, obviously it involved the horse, uh, which is terrifying to him. Uh, but uh, it, it mostly involved the concept of sort of space and time and landscape. 
So to see a figure actually uh, in, um, yeah, that would be that would be truly terrifying and and, and new ground for him. But I think he does have the um, what's the word? The soundness of mind to take a piece of the molten glass metal but he doesn't actually i think he's i think the, the sand loss has sort of stunned him into silence and i think he goes to sit in the chair doctor are you quite all right i think i think perhaps i've just taken a little <clears throat> and he gets his tin out and he dabs his finger in again yes take some of your cocaine there i'm sure that'll make <laughs> you feel better um at this point i might just cut over to um well let's let's cut cut into the next room with um pj and mm. and uh, emilia um, what's been going on in there? PJ's just kind of chatting to her and saying, "Oh yes, so oh, my, uh, my, my youngest died. Uh, he's doing well and just now. He's he's got his own business. And uh, have I shown you a photograph of, of uh, his kids? Uh, I don't know. It takes out his wallet. There's hundreds of photographs in it. And, uh, this is uh, uh, this is this is Nora. She's she's the youngest. She's only three now. She's a little sweetheart. She's a, a hard, but she's she's going to be a heartbreaker. She's just still packing boxes." <laughs> uh-huh, come, uh-huh. come. So, so, so tell me, tell me, sit, sit, sit down and tell me uh, what, what exactly, what exactly. If it's not, if it's not too difficult, if it's not too hard for you, because I, I realise it must have been a kind of a traumatic experience for you. What, what happened exactly when you found the good, when you found the good doctor? In? Well, the, of course, he was lying on the floor. In the middle of the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, um... The strange thing about it was that when I got here, the the door was locked, you see. Locked? What locked? What, what time would that have been? Would that, was that in the morning? It was first thing in the morning. And I don't have a key, but he always gets here before I do. So I knew something was wrong. And then it wasn't until I went and got one of the porters to come and open the door, and he had to force the lock. And that's when we found him. He must have locked himself in, and then... Mm-hmm. Was, the, was the key in the door on the inside, then? No. 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 No, it was not. So the, the porter was with you when, when you found the good doctor, Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that at least was at least you had somebody with you. I'm glad to hear. So yeah. you you say he was he was on the floor. Was was he holding on to anything? Was uh... no. He was um. He was lying on his back, on in the back. center of the room, but it, there was something strange about his his face. Oh no, no! Sort of turns away. Um, it's all right, my dear. It's all right, my dear. It's, I know. I know it's hard, but sometimes it's good to get these things, uh, get get these things off your chest. Uh, a problem shared, as they say, is is a problem two people have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think that's what they say. Well, anyway, I um, I was disturbed. I suppose I've never seen a corpse before and his face was contorted in in agony mm, mm. frozen yes I, I i hear a heart attack will will do that uh, it, it, it can be a quite a 
quite a traumatic experience, but but he's in a better place now, my dear. He's he's passed on to a better place, so you you can. And the eyes, the eyes were awful. In in, in what way do you mean awful? As if they had, I don't know. They looked like scorched bulbs. He had, he had burnt his face, you mean? No. 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 I think I'd like to make a psychology check here just to see if there's anything beyond the shock and trauma of uh, the event that's, uh, that's going on here. Ooh, that is an, an hard success. You get the impression... Well, she's definitely traumatised by what she saw... And she's obviously held it right down. You get the impression that maybe she isn't completely convinced that that's normal for a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Well, well, my dear, I'm I'm sure that uh, well, he, he's he's with the doctor now, so I'm I'm sure that uh, everything will be taken care of in that respect. And uh, you really you really don't need to worry yes. about that. It's in it's in the hands of the professionals now. Yes, but it's the um. It's the work that's left that really worries me. There was so much good work to do, and... You you were working w- with him on something? Yes, I was assisting oh. him on the Hobhouse papers. Oh, oh I didn't realise that. Yes, yes. Yes, and, and uh, um, what what was that like? Was that was that interesting work? The most interesting work I've ever done. <laughs> so important. The story of the Arkham Witch Trials... It's a document that, I mean, remarkable. And I can't think of anyone more qualified than Dr. Leiter. I cannot think of anyone who can bring the same intellectual rigor that he could. Well, I'm, I'm sure that uh, doc, Dr. Roach, he, he's, a, he's a very learned man, and I understand he's uh, taking on the, the, the position here. I, see this, this, uh, I believe this will be his office now. Uh, yes, yes, it will. Dr. Roach is... He's a distinctly average academic. He's better suited to teaching than research. Um, I see. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm not an academic myself, as you know. I mean, I don't, I don't know from these, uh, these witch trial papers. Uh, I, I wouldn't know a witch trial if it you slapped me in the face. But um, <laughs> what, what was it that was so important and special about the about these papers? Uh, it sounds like they were, uh, you know, real big news. Yes. There is nothing else like them. They are letters. Letters that detail them. Trial extracts. Sworn testimonies. But more than that, there are illustrated pages of geometric or alchemical formulae. Diagrams. I'm sorry, you've lost me. Alchem... Oh, sorry, what? Al who? (laughs) Do you know the story of Keziah Mason, Mr. Mahoney? Keziah Mason. Oh, now, now, I'm sure that name does ring a bell. Was it? Was he? Is is he the butcher on Fourth and Wellington? No, no, Mr. Mahoney. <laughs> um, she it was convicted of witchcraft in Arkham a long time ago, and the Hobhouse papers are one of the few documents that make clear what her life was like. 
she's an infamous, I suppose, local celebrity, who we know next to nothing about until these documents came along. Oh, I see, I see. That, that, that does sound real, real important. Uh, and, uh, and, and all it, that work is wasted now. And people like Harlan Roach will come along and take the credit. Wasted? How do you mean wasted? Well, Elijah can't complete the work, and now the papers are missing. Was he working on the papers when he passed? Yes, day and night. He'd keep them with him all the time. He'd take them home. He he never stopped working on them. But were they not uh, with him, uh, you know, when you and the porter were, were in the room? No. He was just found right there in the middle of the room, and the only thing around him was... Well, there was a lot of money. I think he must have been taking it out of his desk, and then he, and then it hit him. Money, you say? Why would he have been taking money out of his desk? I guess he must have kept some there. How much kind of money would you say? Twenty dollars, hundred dollars, more than that? I, I, I suppose it must have been about a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars? Well, that's a lot of money to keep in your desk, isn't it? I, I suppose so. Hmm. And, and there was no sign of these papers he was working on? No. At that moment, you hear the, the guy who's been doing the, the name on the door. Mm. goes, oh, oh, what now? And as Dr. Montrose and, and Dr. Steinweg see, a, a, a slightly dumpy, late middle-aged man uh, in, a, in a kind of uh, very dark sort of charcoal three-piece suit barges into the room and he says what's going on why is this not packed up yet i want to move in already <laughs> professor roach <laughs> yeah that's definitely roach isn't it never <laughs> never has an npc made himself so evident. <laughs> <laughs> heavily foreshadowed <laughs> coming in with a waving a flag saying i'm harland roach <laughs> beautiful it's got to be him he's the killer <laughs> and uh, on that on that note i might cut Cut over to the morgue. Ah, oh, to the morgue! To the morgue! With our Victorian superheroes <laughs> duck with and sleep. <laughs> As we walk towards the morgue, I say, uh, say, Doug, you, uh, you catch up with me as I'm halfway across the green, I imagine. Yeah. I'm moving at a slow pace. <laughs> Not even striding, he's just sort of floating like that. Big in the movements. Puffing on a camel and swigging from my hip flask, sort of jogging to keep on, to keep up, but I get there. <laughs> hey, Doug, Duckworth. Ah, Mr. Sleep. Yeah, I've got a, I got an idea about how we might approach this, but uh, tell me. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, there, there isn't a chance that this uh, Dr. Wheatcroft might recognize you as there. I realize you're uh, a fairly recognizable fellow, but I'd 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 say uh, Dr. Wheatcroft would recognize me instantly. Yes, that's uh, that's maybe unfortunate, but I think I think we can work with it. I I got an idea that maybe I want to get us alone with the body. So if you don't mind letting me do a bit of the talking to start with, see how it goes. If it doesn't work out, then... Yes, I... well, uh, if, if if your plan doesn't work out, then, of course, I can just ask as a fellow of the university, and I'm sure he'll <laughs> allow us to see it. But uh, if you'd like uh, to... Sure, that's a possibility, but I prefer to do yeah. things by the book. And by the book, I mean not by the book. You know what I mean? Mm, I can see. 
I just I turn to you briefly and just say, um, you've never backed down from a physical confrontation, have you? Not since childhood. <laughs> why, would, why would why would why would any man back down from <laughs> at which point i just uh i slowly nod and gesture you forward to lead the way <laughs> uh, as we arrive hmm. in the morgue the morgue is um it is an it's sort of like an attached uh one story building uh that's attached to the sort of the science block the quite imposing brownstone tower uh there is this sort of small building with its own separate access and uh as you go through the doors there's a there's a sort of res- sort of reception area there's a there's a small desk with i'll uh, wait out here and take the air shall i no why, why don't you uh why don't you come in with me duckworth uh, uh, you'll be okay <clears throat> wandering behind him and uh i am as we walk in i i, I take off my hat and i am um, take out a handkerchief and I sort of rub my eyes with it a bit, and I um, and I go in, and I. Is there is there anyone on in, on a reception desk, or is it? Uh, yeah, there's a sort of a, a young man. Um, he sort of watches you as you come in. I say, uh, excuse me, I'm looking for uh, Doctor John Wheatcroft. I understand he's the uh, coroner here. Uh, yes. Um, may I ask who's asking? Uh, sure, sure. It's um. Lider, my name's Lider. Uh, Kirk Lider. Uh, my my cousin's just been uh, uh, died in some kind of accident. I just I want to pay my respects. I immediately I immediately peel away from him and go and sit down on one of the chairs in the lobby, <laughs> so I can pretend I didn't hear that. I say my my friend, my my my, my kind friend uh, Duckworth here, Professor Duckworth. He he told me about it. It's only by chance that I knew. He, he was working here and passed away. Can you give me a fast talk role? Happily. <laughs> yeah, passed. Oh, fuck. Uh, my condolences. Um, yes, uh, unfortunately, Dr. Leiter, um, it, uh, he, um, he, he had a heart attack. But, I heard it's such a tragedy. He's so young, but uh, I'll get I'll get Doctor Weecroft. He's just finishing off a class right now. One one moment, please. Very kind. I'm not I'm not I'm not in a state for very long. I know I know. T- take a seat. Take a seat. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll be with you in just a moment. And the the guy gets up and he he you hear him walk down the what sounds like a long echoing corridor. His shoes kind of squeak on the kind of the linoleum floor or whatever they had in the twenties. And his heels click away. It's we- eerily quiet in here. I guess it is the more mm. um, as you wait for a moment, and then slowly the sounds sort of come from very far away. It sounds like you can hear this voice sort of. That's why we can't. And in the key decision-making process, we have to determine well, the, the time of death is important, and we need to know. We need to keep good records, and then suddenly. Uh, this man turns around the corner. It sounds like his voice is eight miles away, and then suddenly he's there. It's like a weird quirk of the corridor. Um, and he's got a small gaggle of students, undergraduates, by the looks of them, around him, who are all fastidiously taking notes. And he says, well, uh, that's, um, <clears throat> that's uh, time, so um, I shall see you on Tuesday next. Good luck, and remember to turn in those, uh, turn in those assignments by Thursday. And they sort of, they sort of file past you. 
and the receptionist is pointing you out to the the man with the the sort of the mustache. If I see that out the corner of my eye, I just go, oh, poor Charlie. <laughs> hey, Monty, I, I I don't know what I would have done if I was too late. I'm so lucky you were here to sh- sh- show me show me where to come. Ah, <clears throat> yes. Uh, good 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 morning. My, my name is Doctor John Wheatcroft. I understand you are the bereaved. Excuse me. Mr. Dr. Wheatcroft, that's right, I'm the cousin of uh, uh, Charles Leiter. I hadn't seen him for so long, I just, uh, I'd really like to pay my respects to the body. Of of course. I mean, I've been pointed out and named now, so I'm just trotting up behind and going with it for the time. And uh, Dr. Duckworth, you, uh, you can vouch for this gentleman? Well, I can, uh, Yes, Monty, Monty and I go back a long way. He's uh, he's the reason why I even knew about poor Charlie. Yes, well, I have to tell you that the um, the university are trying to complete an autopsy, so that's probably why you weren't alerted straight away. Um, however, what I would say to you is, um, Mister Leiter, the condition of the body. Um, I'm no psychiatrist, as Doctor Duckworth is. But I'm sure he would advise you the same as me that the memory of someone is sometimes best left unadulterated. I'm not sure seeing the body is going to be that um, helpful for you. Listen, believe me, I I need I need closure. You know, I, I I haven't seen him since we were children together. I need to see him as a man. I don't care how Kirk, bad the body if, looks. If I may. Perhaps it's best if I take a look at the body first to make sure it's it won't be too distressing for you. We'll, we'll, we'll go in together, and you can take a look. And I just want to be there in the room. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to sort of turn to Doctor Wheatcroft and just say, um, "Yes, have you completed the autopsy?" Or no, 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 no. <clears throat> not yet. Um, I um, I've been um. Well, to be perfectly honest, I've been putting it off a little bit, but... Um, and why? I, uh... Well, between, between fellows. Mm, I think maybe this might require either a persuade or a, or a psychology role, maybe. Maybe a persuade. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, my persuade's all right, actually. <laughs> ah, I got a zero two. Oh, uh, yeah. My pers- persuade's 45, so that's a pretty fucking good... He locks eyes with the uh, the bright blue eyes rimmed with dark red flesh but what happened <laughs> to him behind the crisp, the crisp white porcelain oh dear um uh to be honest dr duckworth i um it gives me the creeps <laughs> the idea of spending any time in a room with him is disturbing i know that's a silly thing for a coroner to say but there's something about it. It gives me the willies. Not at all. Not at all. And remember, I'm always free for a session. I, I pull myself together after. <laughs> Presumably I've been in, in the corner sobbing. Yes. Um, and I say, just, <laughs> Dr. Wheatcraft, I, I just got I just got to see the body. I just... <laughs> You just gotta let me in the room. I just cut, gotta pay my cut. respects. I just need to be there for my for my mother, who knew his, who was the sister to his mother. And Kirk, you know, Kirk, Kirk. I move over to Kirk and I, I cradle his head on my shoulder and I say, um, <laughs> "Let me look at him first and make sure he's in the right state for you to see him." 
hey, look, I've seen plenty of bodies in, Baha- in, in the past. There's nothing I can see that's going to give me a shock. Don't worry. I know, but just, what are you trying to achieve here? I'm trying to achieve us both in that room, looking at the body alone without the doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think I think Kirk is in a. You're feeling better, aren't you? I'm I'm feeling as good as I can. I just need restored your closure yeah. for this. I need to, to pay my respects um, for the sake of my mother and for the sake of his mother. Doctor Wheatcroft, if it'll make you feel better, I'll take the edge off the thing. I'll go and have a look myself, and I'll let you know. I mean. I'm not a coroner, as you know, but I'm a man of medicine. And if there's anything at all out of the ordinary, I'll let you know any surprises you might uh, find. Uh. What I'll find is a, a, a normal, sad um, human being who is deceased, and I'll inform you of that, and it should help you with your your process. Mother is a sister, is it? What? Wait a minute. Um, they, they married. They married brothers. <laughs> It's been wisely observed in the chat that potentially your theory is complete cockamamie bullshit. No, no, it's true. Sorry. But it's okay. Past is fast talk, guys. What's up? Attention to detail, Mr. Private Investigator. Our mother's mother's married brothers. Our fathers were also brothers. But but we were. I am my own nephew. (laughs) It's brilliant. It makes an awful lot of sense. I don't see why anyone would. A really strange lie. Me, in this part of the world. He's from Bedoyne, Massachusetts. He's, it's a well, they were, they're from a little seaside town not far from here. It's a close-knit <laughs> community in, in Innsmouth. <laughs> if your mothers are sisters and your bro- fathers are brothers, then I can imagine how the loss of one of those must count for about four of them. By all means, go and have a look at the body. <laughs> That's very kind. If we could, if I could just have a moment alone with the body, which is what my friend Monty, my old friend Monty, we could have a bill. Everyone in that room should roll sound for the sheer Norfolkness of what is going on. It is, and I do come from Norfolk, so I'm allowed to talk about this. Norfolkosity. Norfolkosity times five. Sound loss. Instant. You're a Nor- Norfolklorist. Yep. That is what I am. So is he letting us in? Do you in? think we've uh, convinced the fucker? Yes, I think the Norfolker. Yeah, nice. <laughs> he, uh, he guides you down the corridor, and you realise now that the corridor is actually not... Uh, very well lit. Um, there's only lights every sort of like three rooms. So there's these sort of patches of, of shadow that you have to walk through. And he's very tall. Oh, he, fuck this. He sort of stoops slightly. I know, Miskatonic University Morgue, you think they'd uh, put some lights, lights on Morgue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as at no point, you have to promise me at no point will I be trying to limp along this corridor as the lights turn off. Behind <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the one thing I don't want to. You walk past the door with the nameplate Dr. H. West. I tell you, all the fuckers that got limps and canes, if anything chases us in this adventure, we're fucked. That's true. The three cane club, isn't it? Move seven! <laughs> Move seven, yeah. come on! <laughs> move seven? <laughs> I, 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 I dream of a move seven. It's just oh. going to be you and me, Montrose. We'll leave the dead, we'll leave the dead wood behind us. <laughs> Mike's got movement four. What? Movement four. Ooh. What? Love seven. It. Love it. Four. Montrose is the action unit in our. Whoa! <laughs> he may not have a face, but by God, he's got legs. <laughs> 
got legs right up to his mask. Um, <laughs> so he walks you along to the uh, to a, a room about three quarters of the way down, and it's called examination room three. And he he uh, he takes some keys off of his uh, off of his belt, and uh, he unlocks it and opens it. And this is like a slight, it's ever so slightly subterranean, this room. So it's got like, um, it's got like a barred window quite high up. Um, so you realize you're actually below the ground level here. So as you go in, he, he flicks a light switch and they, the lights go. And in the center of the room, around the edge, there's like, um, there's equipment, um, shelves and, you know, a sort of long metal workbench with, with various bone cutting tools and things like that. There's a locker, a series of lockers along one wall, and the 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 rooms clearly connect to one another because there's other doors at the back that clearly connect to examination room two and four or whatever. But in the centre of the room, the room's dominated by this metal uh, table upon which is a figure with a sheet over it. And it's very cold in here. One and two were busy, were they, John? Uh, there's teaching going on. Um... We were going to do the autopsy uh, after lunch, so... I see. Tell, tell me, doc, Dr. Weecroft, bef- before you leave us alone with the body, as, mm. as, you, much, as you must, so we can pay our respects, uh, did, did, uh, do you have any of his uh, personal effects? Were they left with you, or...? They've been taken uh, by the university, I believe. Uh, the, um, the dean is the person to speak to about uh, about that. Of course, of course. Fine. Well, thank you so much for your help. Before you leave yes. us, tell me, and I'm sort of taking my side slightly, and I just want to say, um, was it anything in specific that caused this, this queasy feeling in you, or was it just a general feeling? Let me... Uh, let me show you. And uh, he, he walks over to the table, and he draws back the sheet... And he said, as he walks over actually to do it, he says, now I've already issued a death certificate which says massive heart failure. And then he pulls the sheet back and you see that Lighter, Lighter's face is this screaming visage of, of horror. It's like frozen in agony and terror at the moment of death. His, <sighs> his, his lips are pulled back. Uh, his hands are, are tensed up. Um, and... What's most disturbing is at first you think his eyes are closed, but as you get closer, you realise they're actually open and the eyes themselves are swollen, whitish-grey sort of masses of, of, of sort of colourless clotted tissue, very much like burnt-out light bulbs or something. Can you give me a sanity roll? <laughs> While I'm doing that, I'm just going to put my hand on Kirk's shoulder and say... Well, at least he went peacefully. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, shit. It's me. Oh, dear. It's, it's your mother's sister's brother's... Yeah. I roll, you don't have the brain capacity. I rolled, I rolled a 97. <laughs> a 20 sanity. Oops. So that's a that's a fumble. Yeah, I know it is. So you're going to lose the maximum amount. I also did fail. I just didn't fumble. I was happy not to fumble. Now, I will tell you this, uh, Dan. Mm. Kirk sleeps sanity is 20, which means a fifth yeah. of his sanity is four. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the loss you're going to lose is four. 
Mm. <laughs> Ten right. minutes on the job. Yeah. <laughs> it was always a possibility. Um, hey, like it was help. your plan, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just gone in. I love it when a plan comes together. Twenty. <laughs> That's got to be a record. Can I spend some luck or something? Not on a sensory roll, unfortunately. <laughs> So what do you can get out, out of your bedroom in the morning for the 20th yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he is quite a character, isn't he? He, he, he walks his own path. Shit, it. He certainly yeah. does. Yeah, the path of the clinically insane. Now. So you lose you lose four sanity points. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan and you also lose a D4. So if you want to roll that, let me know what it is. Oh, a one. One. Nice. One. <laughs> The mask doesn't quiver. However, the mask doesn't slip, is what I should have said. The mask doesn't slip. I'm uh, sure you will say it in the edit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's get a clean take on that. The mask doesn't slip. <gasps> and let's see what happens to uh, Kirk sleep, Private Eye. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if he just fell asleep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Kirk sleep has a way of dealing with this, with these situations. Which is? You know that, right? <laughs> Let's find out what it is. <laughs> He's got dissociation disorder. Okay. <laughs> so what happens in these situations? I mean, you might tell me different, but when Kirk's been put in this, these situations before, he just becomes removed from himself and starts narrating himself <laughs> as if he's in a, a noir film. Okay, no, I, I'll go for that. I'll go for that. But what's happening to you then is this. This is this is the 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 shape of your dissociative fugue. Okay. You, um, you suddenly find yourself, uh, maybe it's an old job you did. Uh, obviously you don't know that. It feels like you're living it. Um, where you had to, uh, you got in a bit too deep, got into hot water. Uh, you ended up having to deal with some pretty nasty bootleggers in their back room. It was a basement room, not dissimilar to this. And your cover got blown and they opened fire on you. And you just had to get the hell out of there. <laughs> okay. So what does what does Montague Duckworth see when <laughs> <laughs> you both look down at the body and then look back up? <laughs> so <laughs> Kirk sleep looks back up and suddenly starts talking. A very calm voice says, I looked at the body and then I looked back up and immediately I saw the three bootleggers there. God knows how they got in the morgue, but they were there with Tommy guns. I pulled my Colt 45, and he pulls his Colt 45. <laughs> I pull up, I lift up my cane. And I held it out, and I said, any of you sons of bitches make a move, and I'm going to fill you so full of lead that you're going to be writing, you're going to be using your dick as a pencil. <laughs> Can I, then can I tell then, whether he's looking at me or looking behind me at fictional people? Am I one of the people in his vision or am I separate to the people he's seeing? But then a broad comes out of the back room and she says, Hey, what's all the fuss about? Why don't you fellas just sit down and have whiskey, talk it out? I say, it's too late for that, sister. And I fire two shots into the ceiling and I do. I let off two. <laughs> Fuck. Plaster just like comes down onto the body. <laughs> I lower my cart back at the biggest guy and the three of them, and I say, Next shot's gonna be in you. It's gonna be in your belly if you don't let me get out of here without a fuss. 
and I backed towards the door and I put my hat back on. With one hand, I flick open my pack of camels, stick one in my mouth, get my lighter and set it up, take a draw, kick the door open with my heel. This gun's still on this fella in the middle. Back out and I say, I'll be seeing you later. As you kick the door open, it smacks into Dr. Wheatcroft, who was clearly running to see what the gunfire was about. So he staggers backwards. Oh, what the fuck? You do you can't smoke in here? I kick it really hard. So will you will you give me a luck roll to see if I knock him out? Yeah. (laughs) Or at least or at least incapacitate him temporarily. I failed it. (laughs) Yeah, so you just smack him in the face and he's like, Oh fuck! What are you doing? Did you fire a gun? Another broad comes out of the bar behind, but it's too late. I didn't see her. Back into her. She's flat on the floor. Ah! Skirts, skirts around her tits. What are you doing? Doctor! Can I try to do a, a Devin Brown-style interruption and just put my hand over his eyes and put him to sleep there? Oh, Christ. Chaos. What do you do? I, I grab the broad. I grab her around the waist. Get off of me! Out, using her as a human shield. Get your hands off of me. I've been thinking about it. I don't think your fathers are brothers, and I'm starting to suspect your mothers aren't sisters either. (laughs) I'm limping after them, sort of trying to say, Doctor, he's not a well man. Just stay calm. Do not struggle. Do not struggle. (laughs) Is this a patient of yours? As if from a dream, a memory comes back to me. Last time I saw a shrink telling me he's not a well man, I say... Hey, what the hell does this shrink know about me anyway? He ain't lived half the life I have. <laughs> I back towards the door, holding a broad round the waist. Can I can I hear him narrating all this? Yes, yeah, yeah. He's oh, saying yeah. all this out loud. So I'm going to, as he backs away to the door, I'm going to start mimicking his voice and saying, I realised that I'd made a mistake. These people were friends and they didn't mean me no harm. The broad I'd accidentally hit she uh, she wasn't asking for it. She wasn't one of them in the back room. And the man with the white face coming towards me, I could trust him. It's a risk. What do you want me to do? This is a, a reverse psychology roll. <laughs> so what do I roll, like, psychoanalysis? I think that should be a psychoanalysis roll, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to attempt to stop a bout of madness. <laughs> I'm going to spend five luck. Because my psychoanalysis is 56. So if I spend five luck, I just pass. That might not be enough, but I'm just going to spend it anyway to get yeah. a success. Uh, I, I think that's fair. So, yeah, you, 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 your tactic somehow, he slowly calms down and, Kirk, you start to, your surroundings start to become more in line with reality. My surroundings started to become more in line with reality. <laughs> As I focused in on this white face in front of me. It's a face I thought I recognized from some time back. Like a mask. This guy looked like some kind of phantom. Like he lived under an opera house or some shit. Rowing himself away on like a canal boat. Excuse and, uh, me. Uh, uh, what the hell is going on? And I let go. I let go of the the, the broad. I let go of the broad I was holding. She fell to the floor. Ow! I looked at her. She wasn't a broad. I looked at my hands. I, am the I wasn't even holding my gun. Coroner of Miskatonic University. <laughs> as as he releases the coroner, I want to I want to keep my face turned towards Dan, but I want to turn to him and say, um, sedatives. <laughs> oh, God. 
yes, yes. Quickly. Do you want quickly. some as well? <laughs> Says I'm Dr. Meecroft injecting himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. <laughs> oh. Um, um, <clears throat> yes, he, he walks over to the... He sort of slowly sort of edges over to the table. He doesn't take his eyes off either of you, and he reaches for some syringes and things, quickly puts together something and comes back over. Kirk, how how are you feeling, Kirk? Uh, you're back in the I room. Fe- Three, two, one. I was. You're back in the room. I was feeling a lot. I'm feel. I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling much better. Yes. Duckworth. Hey, Duckworth. Back there. Yes, I uh, got a bit of a shock there where I looked. Uh, I got, I got a bit of a shock there where I looked at my cousin. It was. I should have listened to you. I should have listened to you. We cropped. I. It was too much for me. We were too close, and it's been too long. I, I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. I'm sorry. I. Yes. Well. It's quite all right. And at that point, can you both give me listen rolls? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I passed. 32 on a 45. In that case, I'm not going to spend any luck on mine. My ears were unaffected by my face being torn off. They've still got the curve. Uh, yeah, you, you hear something in the next room. It's like a, like a metal bowl has just hit the floor and someone's caught it really quickly. By next room, is it one of the operating... Th- one of the... Yeah, like one of the like, adjoining like, rooms. Right, right, right. Um... I'm just going to turn to, uh, can I just turn to, um, the doctor and see how he's, does he react to that noise? He possibly hasn't heard it. Okay. I'm just going to say, um, fetch a sedative. He'll be fine now. He's sort of staring at Kurt. He'll be fine. He offers you a sedative. Uh, he's given me a syringe of it, has he? Mm, yeah. Uh, we'll go up to Kirk and say, how are you feeling? Are you, are you back with us? Uh, uh, am I? Keeper? Yeah. The bout of madness has faded. Although you are now indefinitely insane, so... That's great news, isn't it? That's great news, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's 11 o'clock in the morning on day one. (laughs) Yeah. Stay here. Breathe deeply. Breathe deeply. I'm going to just go and look at the body on my own and see if there's anything we missed. You need to to keep breathing. Sounds like a fine idea to me. I'm just going to sit here and smoke my way through this pack of camels and finish my hip flask. Okay, as I was talking, I tried to mask the fact that I wasn't using the injection on him to the doctor, so I can just pocket it, uh, um, and then sort of turn to the doctor and nod. Um, Is that a stealth roll? It would be a sleight of hand roll, or something. Sleight of hand. But you could have a bonus die, so. I think, because you've, you've okay. done some great... Um, I mean... <laughs> Kirk Sleep has done some amazing, uh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> uh, deception. <laughs> <laughs> By shooting the ceiling. Gonna spend, I'm going to spend some more luck. I'm going to spend three luck because my sleight of hand's 20. So, nice. uh, you have fuck it. Might not be in town for long, you know. Um, so I put the sedative in my pocket and I turn and I sort of nod to the doctor as if I've injected him. Yeah. And I've just sort of oh. calmed Kirk down and gone, it's okay. I want to. I want to sort of walk back through and just say to the doctor, "I'll have a look at the body now. He'll be fine." Um, and I want to go back towards the room in which uh, the body is. Oh, oh well, I assumed you're not, in- not the one we heard the clang from. Yeah, I assumed you're in that room anyway. But, um... Oh, sorry. Okay, I, or like in the door. My mental, my mental geography is all over the place. 
Uh, <laughs> he, he, so, comes, uh, he, he walks up next to you as you're sort of looking at the body yeah. and says, all right, what's really going on? <laughs> what, what do I see? Apart from the eyes, is there anything pulling the sheet back? Is there any other markings on the body? Are there any other, um, you know, indentations or patterns or scars or? Um, give me does he a... look emaciated? Is he well? You know, is there anything there to glean? Give me a yeah. Have you got you got medicine? Haven't you? I've got pretty Biology. good medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a medicine. Uh, yeah. Cool. I'm going to push it. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm rolling really badly, but my medicine's not bad. So I want to push it, and I want to push it by... I, I, I sort of say to him, uh, have you got a magnifying glass, anything like that? I, I just want to have a close look here. Um, a close of, look at his... Of course, what, one moment. And he steps out of the room. Oh, okay. G- give me that roll. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes, yes. What am I rolling? Medicine. Yes. Mm. Okay. I've passed by one. So, yeah, he comes, he comes back uh, with the magnifying glass and he says, uh, try, try this. Thank you. And you, you sort of take a moment to have a look at the external of his body. And what you notice is that, um, and looking at his mouth and stuff, but especially his skin and his veins and his arteries, they look slightly blackened, almost like, He's been burned on the inside, or or something something like that has happened. Like some 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 strange sort of biochemical, or, or like he's been electrocuted, but in a really like intense way. Right. Okay. Fuck. But it's only along like vein lines. It's not like there's any uh, patterns elsewhere. It's like he's just burned up from the inside. Looks like yeah. this cooking effect from the inside. Yeah. Okay. Like the like like every vein has burst. For some degree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I t- I turn back to him and sort of say, uh, "Well, I, c- I can certainly see why you found it unnerving to study." Um, yes. Believe me, I'm sure it's just a. Well, you'll know better than myself. Looks like perhaps poison or some sort of uh, allergic reaction to something. I I couldn't say for sure, but um, you're you're the expert. There wasn't anything on him. When you bought the body in, was there? No. Well, except his clothes. I see. What? Sorry, what were you going to suggest? We're going to perform the autopsy. We were going to do it after lunch, but now I think we need to... Um, he looks at the ceiling. <laughs> um, possibly move rooms. So, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, we will perhaps do it um, later tonight or, or, or tomorrow. Probably tonight. Excellent. If you would like to come along after that, I maybe... And give you a bit more information. Excellent. Is this something to do with the the university? Is the dean sent you? Is that well? <laughs> uh, well, between you and I, when he says the dean, can I do a psychology role on him? Uh, yeah. To see what he thinks of the mm. dean. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I know it's uh, probably worthless, but it might be worth a go. Um, I die. I didn't pass. But um, well, he can't. He can't. He says, I just. If, if that's what it's about, then obviously I'd like to get this resolved as quickly as possible. The yes. sooner this person is cremated, the better. Especially if he's got yes. more relatives. <laughs> I see. Well, yes, in that case, um, I'll be there. Let me know. 
Um, what 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 time are you you aiming for? Speak speak to, uh, speak, to um, speak to Marion on the way out. He, he, he'll uh, he'll tell you. Yes, I see. Um, don't start without me. While this conversation is going on, yes, I'm I'm presumably still by the door to this examination room. Mm-hmm. I might just sort of nip out into the corridor and maybe go along to the next room and put my ear to the door. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Give me give me a listen roll because I didn't hear anything. To make me want to go in there, but I did. But I just kind of thought, just a student dropping something. Um, I failed my listen roll. I think maybe I, uh, <clears throat> I look around for I look around for a glass or something that I can put to the door to have a better listen. So I'm going to push it. It's one of those like chemical beakers. Yeah, that'll do. Yes, that pass. Yeah, all right. You put your... Um, My beaker. You put your beaker to the door and you hear... It's like a shuffling noise. And then it stops. You even hear... I see what... You even hear a, like a like a very slow, very soft... And then a little soft click. <laughs> um, I, I flick open my colt to, uh, to check how many rounds I got left because I... I like I was kind of out of it when I fired it into the ceiling. Yeah, you fired. Discover I got. Yeah. Discover I got four rounds left. Click it shut, and put my hand on the handle and slowly turn it to see whether the door will open. It is locked. Well, in that case, uh, I get out my lock picks. <laughs> All right, and I attempt to pick the lock. Uh, give us, give us a, a locksmithing roll. <clears throat> Oh, I spend one point of luck and I pass it. It clicks and you step into a pitch dark room. <laughs> oh, fuck. You, you, are, you are so mad. <laughs> I'm going to cut back over to uh, the office where um, yeah. this man has just barged in. And uh, yeah, he's sort of saying, oh, well, what's going on? When, when are you getting out of here? Who are these people? What's going on? Oh, uh, um, now, uh, now, um, doctor, um, professor, you, you, you don't want to pay any, any mind to us. We're, we're just, we're just here at the Dean's behest. Uh, that, that, that's all. I'm just having a word with, did you know, did you know that, uh, young Miss Court, she was quite, she was quite put, put out by, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't g- given her the morning off, to be honest. She's, she's quite b- beside herself. Uh, morning off she doesn't work for me well well i mean uh, what's this about the dean what do you mean the dean's got you here well well you know you you know how the dean is uh, professor you know he's here oh i I see you've uh, you've uh, you've got why are you in charge you're a security guard i'm my oh oh, i'm I'm and you know you've got it all wrong you've got it all wrong what's this german doing here and and, and her she's a librarian and and he's in the psychology department i know her things i'm not stupid well, well, well. I've been I'm, cut out, haven't I? I'm sure the dean will clear everything, everything up. But why, why, why? Oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, Professor. Why don't, why don't you and I will go and uh, go, take a trip down and we'll, we'll speak to the dean and, and I'm sure he can clear everything up for you and, and he'll put your mind at rest about, uh, about everything. Yes, yes. Doctor, Doctor Roach, Mister P. J. Mahoney, forgive me for interrupting. You know, yes, I am German, that is correct, but I am also a doctor of psychology, and 
uh, and a visiting professor here at your university. I, and I, I think it is perfectly acceptable that I would come to visit Dr. Leiter's uh, rooms um, after his untimely death. Have you met um, the good Dr. Montrose, a truly expert librarian from Glasgow? Yes, I, I, I think we may have been introduced briefly. Uh, you were on your way somewhere at the time, Professor. It just seemed very busy. But I don't yes, remember. We no, indeed, but uh, I am well acquainted with the field of work that uh, your uh, late colleague was interested in. The dean has directed me to have a look. But you don't even... You're on an exchange. You're not part of this university. This should be a Miskatonic university, and it should be history department. And that's me. Is it really so hard for you to work out why they would ask more independent parties in the presence of uh, a man who knows his way around the university? Is it really so hard for you to work this out? Are you saying that I'm a suspect? I'm saying that you might be stupid. And that would not be fitting for your position in the university. And you will now deny this, yes? You're not a stupid man. Stupid? I'm not stupid. Exactly. I, I am a... I am a... I am a senior lecturer in the history department. Let us sit down and talk about this like intellectual people, not like stupid people. I, how dare you? I'm not going to be standing here and be insulted by someone who lost a war. I think you'll, oh, no. I, I think you'll find that I was discharged on medical grounds. I may be an expert on colonial history, but I also know a few things in the recent past. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. No, PJ, please, please. This is important for him. He's, he's exercising his catharsis. This is very healthy. No, of course. My people lost the war because they were, it was on the wrong footing. But we are not here to discuss that matter. Herr Leitner, excuse me, Dr. Leitner died, and we are, are here to pay respects and to look at the work. Well, his work isn't here. It's missing, isn't it? My God. Please, could you tell me about your mother? Because I am fascinated by this so, this so obsessively aggressive of you. Okay, what we should do is... Yeah, and we don't have time to talk about that now. I understand that. But what we should do is we should try to establish with the good Dr. Montrose, do you personally have concerns about the papers? I think you must have papers. You must have concerns about the papers. They are not here. You know this. They would be here if they'd been entrusted to me in the first That may be correct, but that is the past. Synchronicity is not to be dealt with in that manner. Synchronicity is to be dealt with in the matter of going forwards. And when, to go forwards, Dr. Montrose is your answer. She is an expert librarian. Is this not correct, Dr. Montrose? Yes. Yes. <laughs> As all. So we have the logical conclusion of how we resolve your problem. We are now a team, the four of us, and Miss Court. Miss Court, come in here. Come in here. And he goes over to her and he puts his arm around her slightly too aggressively. But yeah, now we are a team. We're five people. This is the Kvinkunks of Thomas Brown, you know? So then we have a Kvinkunks. When you have a Kvinkunks, you are connecting through the natural and the mathematical into the geometric. I heard the word geometric being used in the other room, Mr. PJ. Is this correct? Geometric signs and symbols are in the work that we wish to study. Let us cohere all of these geometric signs and symbols together. Please, please. My good doctor... Are you saying that you want me to help you? Yes. You, we will help you. You will help us. This is called mutual benefit. I will hand over to Dr. Montrose now. Well, if you're sure, doctor, I, I don't want to... to stop you in your stride or anything like that. <laughs> uh, perhaps it may be best put that wee box of yours away for now. 
Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did. I did not realize I still had it out. Oh, oh. What's the good idea? Aye, and uh, <clears throat> there's a wee. If you just, aye, that's it. Oh, that's uh, sorry, I missed that bit there. Mm. <clears throat> oh, yes, Doctor Roach. We are merely here to try and ascertain, as far as I can gather from the, the dean, the dean is, is the whether well, maybe some clue to be found as to where these papers have ended up. I'm. Uh, Afraid I can't recall coming across them, but I, I understand these works are most colloquial, but I would appreciate some of your time and uh, expertise, no doubt, to uh, discuss the matters, as the good doctor says, in a, in, a, in a civil manner. We are not here to stand in your way. Well, uh, well, then, um, what I will say is that uh, I have searched with the uh, dean. We've searched this office, and we've searched his 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 private cottage on campus, and I can tell you... There is no hide nor hair of those documents. Now, uh, what I do know is that he was a, a profligate gambler. Um, why he could be thought of as being the sort of character who could be trusted with these important documents in the first place, knowing what we know about his personal proclivities, is beyond me. Doctor, doctor, may I interrupt you just for a moment? A gambler, you say, Amelia Court um, pipes up at this and she says, Gambler, I've never heard any such story of him being a gambler. Well, what, what, well he was. What, what, on the horses, you mean? On, uh... Casinos. I know he went to Atlantic City twice. Twice he's been to Atlantic City. Um, yes, and you don't go to Atlantic City for the seaside mariner. I can't honestly say I've ever been to Atlantic City, um, but uh, I hear it's a swell place, swell place for for a vacation. Um, (laughs) It's a swell place for vice. Excuse me a a moment. Well, I'll tell you this, Mr. Mahoney. When, When he went to Atlantic City the second time, he went away, he booked a whole week away, I think. And when he came back, he was suddenly calling in all of his debts. Hmm, debts, you say? Oh. What, what, what kind of debts would these have been? Oh, just anything he could lay his hands on. Uh, suddenly he was remembering ten, uh, $10 uh, I'd borrowed from three years ago. Things like that. Mm, you think he was... Um, did he seem like he was He was hard up? He was... Uh, perhaps he accrued some debts himself that he was looking to pay back? I think that's exactly what... I think he'd flushed it all down the pan in Atlantic City. Hmm. I see, I see. How, oh, 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 oh. If he can't look after his own money, it's why should he be able to? Why should he be? Should he be trusted to look after the assets of the university? It's a vice for sure. It's a vice for sure. The gambling, yes, indeed, yes, yes. Many a tale of woe. Many a tale. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Roach, are you implying that these documents may have had some value? Are you inferring that he used these as some sort of stake? Who may they be valuable to? Uh, I, I didn't say that. No, you did not say that. <laughs> oh. You can give me a psychology role if you want. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, really. <laughs> I'll, I'll join the good doctor on that psychology. Yeah, the, the good doctor doesn't really have a view. Excellent, excellent question. Great shout, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll spend the luck. Uh, I'll pass it. It's not a hard luck. I have spent two luck to pass, so it's, well. it's my best uh, skill. He's, it's, he, he's lying by omission. And there's, there's obviously, there's, there's more to it that he knows 
It, you get the sense that this isn't a hunch. This is, he's, he, it's almost like he's conflicted because he'd really like to tell you what he can prove. <laughs> but something is holding him back. Holding Something's him. making him. He's perhaps decided this isn't the best time to drop that bombshell. Something mm-hmm. like that. This is a this is a strategic decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the. It is. It is the drama. It is the drama happening in this room. He says out loud. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes the the timing is is everything. The entrances, the exits. I was at the theater once. Tell us, tell us, PJ. Tell us. <laughs> Sit down. Tell us. <laughs> It was a strange uh, kind of a, an affair. Yeah, there was, uh, men, women dressed as men, and they were talking in rhymes, and I, I didn't really understand. My wife took me to see it. I, I, she, she enjoyed it, but I didn't really understand what they were talking about. As, uh, uh, but it was all very lovely, and there were trees, and there was there was one chap, there was one chap who uh, <laughs> came out. It sounds like every production of a Chekhov play at the National Theatre ever. Well, it was uh, on there were young ladies in 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 their nightgowns, and uh, there was one one fellow one point uh, they they put a, a donkey's head on him, and he was walking around. <laughs> And he was a, a donkey, and they were all making fun of him. And there was uh, some highfalutin folk. And I, I, it was all sorts of kind. Does that sound like a Midsummer Night's Dream by any uh, chance? Eh? No, I think it was uh, Othello. I think it was. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! no, 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 no you're right. You're right. It was a Midsummer, a Midsummer Dream. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, it was. It was a Midsummer Night's Dream. It was a goddamn nightmare, if you ask me, but there we are. The subject of dreams and nightmares. <laughs> Shall we all not study this painting briefly together, my friends? Because you have, <laughs> you have cohered us into a single moment here. This is true synchronicity. The random becomes the specific. Dr. Montrose, do you have any idea what Dr. Steinweg is talking about? Because <laughs> the way I'm baffled. Oh, no. But it's quite compelling. <laughs> <clears throat> the studies this painting together, we may great gain an insight into Dr. Leiter, is what I'm thinking. We have an expert in his emotional daily life in his court. We have an expert in the analysis of his gambling addiction, and in his, dare I use the word, rival, and perhaps that is unfair to you, in his equal and his perhaps better. You are an older man and more sophisticated. But let us look oh, at this. You got all that from the painting on the wall? Getting that from the standing by me, my dear. <laughs> Here we have the painting on the wall. What I need to understand is why he would choose this. It's not the standard picture that you would expect in uh, a doctor's office. Not of his standing. Even of history. Huh? You might have a scene of, uh, I don't know, Napoleon. Or perhaps uh, the, the Rubicon and uh, something of the classics. Nine. We have this fascinating journey into another world. PJ kind of walks up to the the, the the painting on the wall, kind of looks at it for a minute, and then he lifts it back and looks behind it. <laughs> for a start, we must engage. This is physical. It's a pragmatic. Yes, this is very important. Forgive me if I narrate slightly. I've been inspired to narrate somehow. I don't know why. I just look at to see if there was a safe behind it. Exactly. That's all. Mm. <laughs> there is no safe behind it. But um, as you're up close, you do read a name. Uh, you can see the signature of the artist. Um, it's uh, It appears to be Cecil Hunter. Cecil Hunter. Anybody heard of this chap? He done the, the, the painting here. Cecil Hunter. Is he a local painter? 
Is it a local, local artist? I don't know. It's, it doesn't look old, but... It... I know who Cecil Hunter is. Oh, you do? Yes, he was a student. He was a... He was expelled. He was... He was one of Lighter's students, and he got expelled. Do you remember why? And can you recall what for? Yes. Indeed, Dr. Control. I think he got caught. Bad painting. I beg your pardon? But terrible painting. Maybe he got expelled for being a terrible painter. <laughs> no, no, I think he got expelled for, for for exposing himself on campus. Oh, good grief. Lost. Sex maniac. Lost of the law. Licentiousness. That's the kind of behavior that Dr. Leiter uh, encouraged in his students. And look at this. What is this? And he walks right up to the painting and reads the inscription. Macbeth, Act 1, Scene 1. Hey, that's another one by that fellow Willie Shakespeare who, who did, did the play that me and the wife went to see. Hey, ain't that a coinkydink? Shakespeare- <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. He's written enough plays. Can I, can I do some kind of, um, I don't know, what would that be? Would that be an education check? Uh, yeah. One scene one. Who's heard of this Mac- Macbeth? What the, what's that all about? Oh my god, my education is so high and I've... Can you spend luck on a stat check? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, just, to, yeah. just to ease the process. I'm burning through luck. I'm going to spend another one luck. Uh, <laughs> my God, I'm down to 51. Did it look- Don't worry. Yeah, I guess he wasn't a German playwright then, this, uh, this Shakespeare fella. <laughs> Although uh, they often would claim that he was. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's in, in truth, I, let me correct you there, PJ. Although not a German playwright, perhaps, by birth, I think he speaks to the Germanic mind and the spirit of the German peoples. The true spirit. Oh, sure, you say so. Uh, I ain't speaking to, to my mind, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Alter Monrose. But is not Act One, Scene One, the confrontation between Macbeth and and the witches? Ah, well, no. Let me recall my Shakespeare, if I can. <laughs> uh, yes, it's perhaps that's a pass. I made an education check. It is also my best. Now that I have passed, it's almost as if I remember it in the manner in which a forty-three-year-old male actor who has played one of the witches <laughs> would be able to remember it. And I'm pretty sure that this is a confrontation between. Between um, Macbeth and Banquo and the and the witches, is it not? Going to make a roll. Yes. And and it's and the, a bargain. It's the, uh, when shall we three meet again? That's exactly what was it? Because I just got hard success. Oh, when shall we three meet yeah, again? This is it. Come on, do the do the magic in yeah. uh, in, in uh, thunder in rain or in lightning. Uh, Are you going to be in here all afternoon? Because when, I, no, I wait a minute, I remember this. I re- when we're done <laughs> with the hoily boily, when the battles all... <laughs> hoily boily? <laughs> the hoily boily. The hoily boily. I love that. Where the, where the place... I think that's the episode um, title right there. The hoily boily. <laughs> the hoily boily. <laughs> Where's the place? It's on the moor. Where we're going to meet Macbeth. That's for sure. <laughs> beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful recitation. It's best. That's an improvement. Yeah. Hey, Macbeth. That's the uh, that's the Scottish play, ain't it? Uh, so that's, uh, now we put the pieces together, right? So now we, hey. we have Cecil, Cecil, Cecil. You say Cecil. I like this pronunciation very much. 
I, I don't know. Cecil? Cecil, that's and just the way Cecil. I say it. That's my guy got a cousin, Cecil. I tell you what you can do as well. You can all give me a spot hidden roll. I was wanting to take a look at the fireplace, actually, as well, if I noticed that there's, um, you know, perhaps burnt yeah. out bits well, of... Well, you, um, you can use your spot hidden on that. Mr Mahoney, it seems we got a little mixed up. I, I was rifling through a filing cabinet and you were getting the history lesson. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but... Uh, <laughs> well, you knows what you knows. Uh. Uh, Miss Court, I, I wonder if you could put together a reading list for me. That would be helpful if you wouldn't mind so much. Oh, of course. Yes, I can do that. Um, I'm going to... Uh, so I failed my spot hidden, but I'm, I'm going to try and push it. Uh, kind of, if I notice that there's a sort of ashes in the fireplace, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm going to uh, get a, 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 a poker and poke around it and... Uh, and have a look up the poke up the flue as well with, with the poker. That's a good push roll. Uh, that is. See, see if I can see if I can <laughs> see. You got you got to open yourself up God. to the possibilities, haven't you? Yeah, you've really you've really opened the door to a malicious keeper there. <laughs> oh well, lovely. I got almost exactly the same level of failure as I got the last time. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, when that... I think there's something stuck up the floor here. <laughs> Give it a really good hard shove, you know. Get careful there, Mister Mahoney. So, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the, the story? Uh, uh, it's a derima. A flea met a fly in a flu. Said the fly, let us flee. Let us flee. Let us fly. So they flew through a flaw in the flu. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um. So here's what happens. Uh, did uh, did anyone was anyone else doing this yeah, I, during that time? I I've passed quite well, but not a hard. It's a hard, but not an excellent. It's a fourteen. Okay, by ruffling rustling around in the uh, in the fireplace, you do dislodge something. A load of soot falls down. You see that papers have been burnt in the fireplace, but they're completely beyond use. And as you rifle around, you come across a matchbook that is more or less intact and it's um it's a matchbook for a place called Hibbs Roadhouse and someone has written on it it says written on it in lipstick is the other words coca-cola with a twist l and as you're considering this you suddenly think you hear something in the chimney we got a void stuff up here. Whisper. Oh no. And then this this enormous rat falls out of the chimney and like scuttles at you. X card, X card, X card, X card, X card. Damn it! Just like hitting it with the poker. And in fact it 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 uh, it bites you. Of course it um yeah. And uh, you lose, you lose uh, a hit point. Ow! 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 Really gets you nasty ow, on the ow. face. Eee! And my face, not my beautiful face. God damn, vermin! I told him. And uh, so that happens to to Mike. As for Doctor Steinweg, you're observing this painting a bit closer, and there's something something unusual about the uh, the painting because. There at the centre, the three witches are sort of... They have their hands raised in supplication to some to some entity. And you realise the witches in question are Patrick, 
Dr. Montrose. And you. This was an Apocalypse Players production. For more information about the podcast, go to apocalypseplayers.com. Thanks for listening.